This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Fraternity Club of Ferry Meadow. You can get your best wood fire pizzas in the Illawarra here. Come on down, join us a member, grab a drink, have dinner, sit back and watch some football on the big screen. If you're having a function, be sure to get in contact with the frat as they have an extremely large function room upstairs in the club. The podcast is also brought to you by our sponsor, Ostbrokers City State Insurance Brokers. Contact them or see them at their office on Crown Street, just above Zambrero, for all your insurance needs. Both of our sponsors are fantastic supporters of football. Both are run by football people, so be sure to show some support. Hello and welcome back to the South Coast Footballholic a little bit delayed this week, had a couple of things going on, but Friday 4pm release time this week, we still keep pushing on, I'm on my own this week as well, a couple of external things, reason why I'm only on my own this week, but we push on, we push on, so quick plug in as well, they keep the lights on, the fraternity club, they've got the Euros showing in the club from the 11th of June, which is this Saturday morning, so tomorrow morning. It's Italy and Turkey, I believe, at 5 a.m. And that goes through to the 11th of July as well. So I can guarantee the club will be going off when the Italians are playing in particular. So be sure to get down to the frat as many games as possible. But boy, what a what a weekend. One half of the season done and dusted, round 11. What was my eye catcher from the weekend? Well, in all honesty, if I didn't say anything other than Olympic 5-4 over Wollongong United, I'd be lying. What a game... <laughs> Very rare that a game so hyped, in all honesty, exceeds hype. No one saw nine goals coming. We, I think, pretty sure Josh and I were picking low-scoring draws last week. But boy, big implications if you're a Coniston fan. They go to second now. Superb result for them. But yeah, look, basically a game that had everything. A game that had anything hat tricks, disallowed goals, which we'll get into a bit later as well. But 5-4, you can't ask much for much more than that to round out the first half of the season. And it makes you think they're playing on Monday as well. They're playing the Burbampton Cup on Monday as well, United and Olympic. So if you missed that one now, well, guess what? You probably should get down to the next one, which honestly we don't have to wait much longer for. But some standout players from the weekend that caught our eyes, so you can't go you can't go past Yamada and Tori Musumeci banging a hat-trick in that game of the season. Just ridiculous score rate. I think Yamada's the third player to hit double-digit goals this season now. So he's been probably one of the, if not the form player of the comp so far after over 11 rounds as well, which is brilliant for him. But moving on to round 12, what are we looking out for? So another potential blockbuster in Olympic against Bulleye. There's several storylines coming into this one. Obviously, Bulleye, a tough 4-0 loss last week. And obviously... Before, earlier this year, Olympic got up 2-1 in the first round fixture. Bullard got up in the Frat Cup fixture as well. Lots changed since then, form-wise and personnel-wise, as well as been a few new players coming in for Olympic in particular. But boy, that's that. every time Bullard and Olympic play each other, no matter where they are on the table, it's always a big game. You Just last year, for example, as well. I believe it was a 2-2 game at Balls Paddock, and it was probably one of the games of the regular season, so look out for that at Balls Paddock. But come this time next week, what are the headlines reading? Personally, I think it's just Olympic flexing their muscles. I can't I can't tip past them right now. They're just they're only obviously the only team who is undefeated now after last weekend. 
top of the league, nine wins, two draws, 29 points, four clear of second. You just can't go past them at the moment. My tip for player of the round, though, I honestly, I'm going for Adam Volada against Coromel. He has been in superb form. He's made such a difference to that Coniston side. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I believe it's five goals in four games or something ridiculous like that. It's no coincidence. I'm pretty sure every game he's played for Coniston in the league, they've won every single game. So he's made a huge impact then. And now, of course, they're second on the ladder. But touching on that, we'll get into the table now. And oh, like we said earlier, Wollongong Olympic on top with 29 points. Goal difference of 17, which is equal to Coniston in second, who are on 25 points. What a story that's been. Round In the third, we've got Wollongong United on 24 points. Goal difference of 20. So they've got the best goal difference in the league so far, despite going down last week. Abbey Park White Eagles did their goal difference of well to good last week. They're on 23 points in fourth. Bulleye in fifth, hanging on to fifth spot on 17 points. Paul Kembler and Winuna are both on 15 in 6th and 7th. And I tell you what, considering that Bulleye is playing top of the league this weekend, there's a big chance that those two, if they get the results that go their way, they could be looking at possibly a top 5 spot as well, but we'll just have to wait and see. Tarawana's in 8th on 13 points after that draw on the weekend. Coromel's on 9 with 10 points. Balemi's only 3 behind Coromel now in 10th after their win. But Krijilla on 5 points who picked up a crucial point against Winuna last weekend. And South Coast United on 3 points in, sitting in 12th after their loss to Balambi last weekend. But we'll get into the Golden Boot Race as well, which has changed up a little bit since last weekend as well. We had a couple of goal scorers in the race get on the score sheet. Notably is Cameron Morgan, who picked up his 13th goal of the year, 13 goals in 11 games. Jordan Nikolovsky hasn't fired in the last few weeks. He's still on 11, but Mitsuo Yamada is on 10. Third player in, of the season to hit double digits. He's only one behind Nikolovsky. But I tell you what, Yamada's good for a hat-trick. He could catch up to Morgan within a round or two as well. At the same time, though, Morgan and Nikolovsky are good for a hat-trick as well. So too is Corey Haynes-Gross is on 7 after failing to find the net for a little bit. Over the past month or so, Steve Agronowski's on seven as well. Hikaru Kawasaki and Tori Musumeci pushing up to six now as well. Volada, five goals in four games. Easily probably probably the best outside of Morgan. Probably the best goal-to-game ratio in the league so far. And yeah, we got the your normal suspects. McDonald, Terzic, Knight, Sekukowski, good child on five goals. And there's quite a list on four and three goals as well. Quite an eye-catching result from the weekend. Winuna won. Gringilla Lions won at Ocean Park. Now, I'll be the first one to say I did not see this one coming. But goals to, I believe it was Corey Haynes-Gross. Yes, it was Corey Haynes-Gross in the 86th minute. And Valentino Maksushi as well. But boy, former Shark as well. Valentino Maksushi as well. But boy, I didn't see this one coming. Winuna have been a bit stagnant recently. Just when you think this competition is easy to tip, you've got IPL tipping sorted. Cringilla come out and grab a huge point against the lead champions. So I've said it once, I'll say it again. Competition's harder to pick than a broken nose. But for Winuna right now, are they in trouble? Look, still two points out of the five. But I tell you what, if they don't pick up a big result soon, they will be in trouble because they've stagnated at the moment. Their last win was six weeks ago against Albion Park. Since then... I believe it's been five defeats and a draw, but tell you what, they really need to get a move on soon, big time, if they are going to 
forget salvaging anything. They need to get in the five before anything as well. And they're going to be struggling to get in the five if they don't pick up a result sooner or later. They're lucky though. Bulleye had a loss last week. That keeps them within two points. So within a win of of Winuna with the five. But for Kunjula, that was the result they needed. Can it kickstart something? I'm still not convinced yet. They have... There's been times over the year, I think in particular, that win against Balambi, we thought they'd kickstart something. It went downhill from there. But look, a fresh fresh start. New coach coming in, of course, as well. We'll see what happens with Kunjula at the moment. You can't pick it too much at the moment because as soon as you think it's picked, it all of a sudden flips on its head and everything changes. But Kunjula, could this be the turning point in their season? We'll just have to wait and see. Although they'll know what to expect this this weekend as well, going up against Albion Park. They have caused Albion Park a bit of trouble in the past as well. But it is a vital point for them. They now stretch the gap to South Coast United to two points. They would have been quite quite concerned after their loss to South Coast because they was only they were only one point ahead. So now that extra little margin, while it doesn't make too much of a difference, the result could be crucial come round twenty two. So will be interesting to see how it goes there. But the next game now, Coniston 1, Paul Kembler FC nil. 3 p.m. Saturday at JJ Kelly. So surprise, surprise. Guess who's on the score sheet again? Adam Volata. Absolutely superb. Just been superb for Coniston at the moment. What an impact he has had since coming into the picture for Coniston. They've won every single league game. Like we touched on earlier, they've won every single league game since, coming, since he came into the picture. So a big win this one for Coniston. And luckily for Port, similar to Winuna as well, all the other results went their way. So they didn't really lose ground on the final spot. But Connor's got a few weeks of very winnable games over the next three in particular before a big tough patch. Includes That includes the likes of Alley Park, Olympic, Tarawana, United and Bullock on the same month. Back to back to back to back to back. So five straight games where it's going to be a tough month for them. But outside, that'll be the defining point of their season, in my opinion, if they can get some good results out of that. Who knows where they might go. Mind you, the last time around, they had a loss to Olympic and Albion Park. I believe they got a win against... No, they drew against Tara, sorry. Had a draw against United, but then got that big win against Bulleye, and they haven't looked back since, really. Ever since then, I believe that was Volder's first game in the corner shirt as well. But is Coniston the story of the season so far? Personally, I don't think they're just the story of the season. I think they're the story of the last five years. We've got to remember as well, this is a club that just three, four years ago was playing Community League. They, they Remember, they were relegated to Community League. They won the Community League within the first year and within the next two years, won the District League, got backed up to Premier League. This is only their third season in the Premier League. It's bizarre to think how much they've developed in such a short time, but... Are they the story of the season so far? Well, tell me one person outside of the club that picked them to come second. Not many people did. So, superb work from them. And my credit must go to the coach, Janowski, and all the players that have come in as well. It's been absolutely superb from them. But for Paul Kembla, still two points out of the five. And with all other results around them going their way, with Bullard going down, we're not only picking up a point. Is it a bad result? Yes, it's a bad result. Every loss is a bad result. Is it a bad loss for them, though? In the grand scheme of things, not really, in all honesty. They have a big chance this weekend to push into the five, but we will touch touch on that a little bit later as well. Talking about statements, 
4-0 Albion Park White Eagles over Bulleye at Terry Reserve. Was that the biggest statement of the weekend? Well, I'll tell you what. That Olympic game was the biggest game of the round. This was the biggest statement of the weekend. 4-0. We were expecting a tight one last week. There's usually tight games between these two. But 4-0, wow. That was... It, it Alarm bells a little bit for Bulleye, of course, conceding four. But you got to give credit where credit's due. Albion Park getting four on the score sheet at home. It's, it, it makes the gap between fourth and fifth six points now so that was really a six point a game for the for Albion Park in perspective fifth and ninth is only separated by seven points so the gap between fourth and fifth is just about the gap between fifth and ninth as well but question marks over bullline now so are they in trouble personally yeah I think they do I think they are and they need to they need to turn it around real quick it just it, they had a couple of good results thought we were going to get going Inconsistency is crept in a little bit again. That will set them. That set them back a little bit, though. And it's disappointing to see because they got a such strong, strong squad on paper, and on their day, they're one of the best to watch in the league as well. But it's just really inconsistent at the moment. But on the other hand, lucky goal number thirteen for Cameron Morgan as well. Hamish Lamberton finding the score sheet. And not only that, we had a debut first grade goal. So our first first grade goal for Kellett in the 93rd minute. Nathaniel opened the goal scoring in the 14th minute. But it was it was 2-0 in about 60th minute before Foster got sent off for Bulleye. So that did not help for them. And then two goals came late in the game after that. But Congratulations to Brendan Kellett. First first great goal for Albion Park White Eagles. Is that Albion Park's best win of the year? I reckon it is. It has to be, doesn't it? I mean, superb result. They haven't gotten a result against any team above them except for Coniston. When that was a that was a gritty two one win over them as well. But four 0 you can't complain about that, can't you? It was a that's a superb win for them. It's probably the most dominant win of the year as well in terms of a scoreline. And against a solo bullite, you'll take that any day of the week. Next one, no. Now, speaking of the most dominant win of the year, Bolambi 3-0 over South Coast United. Now, I'm going to ask the same question. Was that Bolambi's best win of the year? Yeah, it was. Was it their best, though? It was their... Oh, sorry. Let me rephrase that. Their best win? Maybe. Maybe. Biggest win, obviously. 3-0 win. But you got to look at it. They knocked off Bulleye. They were complete underdogs going into that Bulleye game. That was probably... Their best win so far in terms of stature. But in terms of... Look, they got three on the score sheet. I don't think they have gotten three on the score sheet all season so far, let alone let alone win 3-0 as well. I'll just double-check that while we do that, though. But Gomez with a double. Jeff Orbot's side showing what they can do. South Coast United have had a tough week. Again, two 3-0 losses in the space of three days, going down 3-0 in the Bampton Cup midweek to Albion Park as well. And I'm just looking through it right here. That's the most goals that Balambi has scored in the game all season. So 3 0 is the most goals they have scored. So credit must go where the credit's due to Balambi. Jeff Forbold sides showcasing what they can do. They have been up and down, but do I reckon Balambi can cause some trouble for higher teams? I tell you what, there's a chance. There's a chance they could be causing trouble. They've showed they've showed throughout this year they can cause trouble for the higher teams. They got a point off Albion Park. Knocked off Bulleye, of course. Can they go that step further and maybe take some more points off? 
With a 3-0 win like this, confidence must be ice. So we'll just see what happens there. But South Coast United, they were missing Ricky Batakis last week. Tony Musumeci has picked up his fifth yellow, so that means he will be missing against Paul Kembler this weekend. But for South Coast United, they need to start getting the, like they need to start just focusing on getting some points on the board. Obviously, the likes of Kunjil and Balambi have stolen a point here or there from teams above them. South Coast United haven't done that yet. Their only three points have come against Kunjil last week. And while that was a great win for them and a much-needed win for them, they really need to start getting points against those higher teams because, look, there's been some blow- there's been some blowouts which haven't indicated the game. But at the same time, they really need to start getting some goals on the board only scored six goals this year, conceded 38. They need to start getting some goals on the board, maybe stealing a draw here or there. But we'll get on to easily, well, match of the round, match of the season more like it. Wollongong United 4, uh, Wollongong Olympic 5. A superb, superb game. Best game in quite a while. Not only just this season, maybe even, maybe even probably the game of the last couple of years as well. Can't think of one that comes to mind at the moment. There probably is one there that that maybe tops this, but this game had absolutely everything. One v two, nine goals. These teams, I'm pretty sure Olympic. I'll just have a look. Olympic has conceded four goals. Before that, they only conceded five. Oh, sorry, they only conceded six all season. And in comparison, Wollongong United, they conceded five goals. They'd only conceded seven before that. So you got to look at it as well. Almost half the goals scored or conceded from this season so far has come from this game for them. There was there was everything in this game, let alone just missing one thing. It was just missing a red card. Outside of that, this game had absolutely everything. It was a crazy, crazy game. But well, let me just rattle it off. Let me give me a chance to rattle it off. So seven yellow cards in this one. Nine goals. Chris Price grabbing one in, or we'll go, we'll go um, earliest to latest rather than <laughs> rather than latest to earliest. Tori Mosimechi given the first goal in the sixth minute for Olympic. He grabbed his hat trick in the seventy third minute. He grabbed two in about half an hour before getting that one. Vanilli on the score sheet, and of course, as mentioned, Price on the score sheet as well. For Wollongong United, look, you can't go past that hat trick from Mitsuo Yamada. Superb. Got, I'm pretty sure it was an open play goal, a free kick, and a penalty as well. So that's just just about the perfect hat trick, really. And I've seen if you haven't seen that free kick as well, mate, superb free kick, unreal free free kick from Yamada, quality quality player, and he's showing his worth this year. Sean Thomas grabbing one in the 81st minute, right after coming on as a sub as well. So talk about impact sub, but. Talking points, like, come on. You couldn't have scripted this one. No one picked it. Easily game of the season. Musumeci and Yamada. Hat-tricks for either side. Talking about Yamada, when he hasn't scored goals, he's got 10 goals in 11 games, which is unreal. But when he hasn't scored goals, he's been helping set them up. He's always been keen to set them up. Is he a front-runner for George Naylor Mellis right now? I reckon he's definitely in the, with a shout. He's, just the crea- creativity of the player is superb. And obviously, he showcased he can find the back of the net, which is which is uh, superb for him. But boy, he might he might be able to continue the trend of Japanese George Naylor medalist winners. Obviously, Shohei Kuno's won it. Yusuke Ueda, I'm pretty sure, won the George Naylor one year as well. So yeah, superb effort for them. 
and United, maybe they could go two years in a row win the George Naylor medalist. We'll just wait and see. But another thing that I want to mention as well, Pat Crowd at the PCYC. Now, we did joke last week saying you'd have to get there for youth grade if you want to get a good... If you want to get a good park at the PCYC, if there's going to be a packed game, because the parking's not the best around there. But I tell you what, credit must go where credit's due. Getting plenty of numbers in there is what you like to see as a football fan. And plenty of players from other teams as well who played Saturday going to watch them as well. An end-to-end game. The disallowed goal, though. So there, there is footage of the disallowed goal as well. But my thoughts... The Olympic player entitled to shield the ball, obviously mistimed the cross coming in, getting a connection to it, but based on the footage, it's hard to tell if there was a shirt pull from the United player. I can't say there was or there wasn't. I did see an arm in the back, but whether that caused the defender to fall down, look, I don't know, but there definitely was an elbow or hand or arm or whatever in the back, which by the letter of the law is a foul, but yeah, a bit harsh, but at the same time, letter of the law... If there is an arm or something in the back, a little tiny-ish push in the back. I can't say he pushed him in the back, but there was an arm in the back. So that's my thoughts on that. I can't say if it was, I can't say if it was, you know, should have been not disallowed, should have been disallowed. I can't really say that. There was only 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 one I've seen is some blurry footage of it, reviewing it over. But there definitely was an arm in the back, so I can see where the ref's coming from. But at the same time. Did that cause the Olympic player to fall down? You don't know. You don't know. Only the Olympic player and the United player know that. But has the game set the tone for the rest of the season? I'll tell you what, oh God, I hope it has. I hope it has because if we are in store, if we got games like this in store for the next 11 rounds, we are in for an absolute treat. You can't ask for much more than that in terms of entertainment value. Definitely worth the price of admission. Just showcasing the two best sides in the league so far this season. And you almost hope that the gap between these two, or maybe even Connor's in the mix as well, the gap between those three shortens towards the end of the year just so that we can have a grudge game. A grudge game, sorry, in round 22. But my question is, are Olympic the clear favourites now? They were definitely one, one of my top two, top three favourites at the start of the year. I included based on form, Wollongong United and Olympic and Bulleit. Those three were my contenders. But I tell you what, Olympic have showcased why they are the content, the front runners now. Haven't lost a game. They have, in comparison to last year, they were quite disappointed last year, but this year they've just completely righted the wrongs so far. Can they do it for the next 11 rounds? I'll tell you what, they're the, they're the be- they're best equipped to do it. And they've showcased they, they can do it over 11 rounds, so just got to do it one more time and they're going to be league champions, in my opinion. But now... If you're disappointed, oh, I missed this game. I missed this 5-4. Well, guess what? You've got another chance to watch it again. They play each other again on Queen's Birthday Monday, which is next Monday in the Burt Bampton Cup. Now, obviously, Olympics got a big game against Bulleye this weekend, and United's got a game against Tarawana. But if you want to catch some good football once again, you better go down on Monday and watch these two sides. Entertainment value at its highest. But we're getting to the final game of the round. Tarawana and Coromel. Now, in comparison to the other Sunday game, this one wasn't as, obviously, gripping and thrilling in terms of goals. First nil-nil of the season. So, Tarras have more draws than anyone this season, but because of other results, they managed to shorten their gap to the five by a point. Coromel, in particular, uh, particularly over the last few weeks, though, they've sewn up their defense quite a bit. 
So just one goal in their last two, but they've, at the same time, they've only scored one goal in their last three as well, which really wasn't that much of a concern. Scoring goals at the start of the year, it was leaking the goals. Now, it seems to be a bit of the opposite as well, but a tight tussle between the two of the northern sides, playing the first nil-nil draw this season. Tara's showing a lot of defensive resilience the last few weeks as well, which has been great for them, but uh, that's our round 11 review done. Now, we're going to do a quick mid-season review. How we're going to be doing this is I'm going to be giving a team either one of three marks. Now, it's either a distinction, which is basically above above pass, probably excelling, I'd say, um, compared to how we expect them to go at the start of the season. A pass is probably where we'd expect them to be at the start of the season, where we tip them. And below par is probably obviously underperforming, not up to scratch as yet. So obviously for Olympic, I've gone distinction. We all expect them to be up there at the start of the year. They've excelled that undefeated. You can't say much more. Coniston, oh, now they're the only ones. I've given them a high distinction based on purely the fact I thought they were going to sneak into the five this year. They'd be around that fifth spot. But I'll tell you what, they're going higher and further than that. So I've given them a high distinction and well done to them. Wollongong United's also a distinction as well. Even though they had their first loss last weekend, they've played some superb football. Probably with some of the best football we've seen this year as well. Albie Park White Eagles, I'll give them a pass. I've expected them to be around the third, fourth mark at the start of the year. In fifth, Buller, I've gone below par. I thought they would be higher than that earlier, earlier in the year. But yeah, the inconsistencies let them down big time. So I have given them below par. Paul Kembler, I've given them a pass in six so far. They're not they're only two points off the five member as well, despite struggling to find a win earlier in the year, despite not playing too bad. Winuna, I've gone below par, obviously. League champions last year. Expected to be up there in the five. Look, they're not far away from the five, but in all honesty, they haven't had a good result the last month. Based on that little patch of form they had after the first couple of rounds where they were winning games. It is a bit below par the last month, so I'm just giving them a below par. But look, they can change it around. They've shown they can change it around before. For Tarawana, I've given them a pass in eighth as well, not too far away from the five. Coromel, I've given a pass based on the, they had look they had disruption last the, earlier in this season with the coaching change, so that would have taken a while to get used to as well. They've got some players that can push for the five as well, so I've given a pass based on they had that disruption earlier in the year. Balambi, I've given a pass. There's been patches they've shown some good football and obviously getting some great results along the way. Grinjilla, I've gone below par, especially the last month or so. They had a tough, tough run. That 8-0 loss was a low light. But look, they got a positive result last week, so we'll see how they go in the next month in particular. And for South Coast, bottom of the ladder, I've given them a below par as well. Now, we threw it out to on our Insta story as well. If you want to check out our Insta story, how to get involved and get some engagement going. Go have a look on our Insta story. So we threw it out. What do the people want us talking on this pod? Now, before we get into our round 12 preview, we will get into what some of the people are asking. So one asked a mid-season review. Thanks, Nathan Turner. I was hoping he would come on here this week, but obviously work schedules and everything for both of us didn't work out. I've got one from Josh Guthrie who wants a community league review. Well, guess what, Josh? Your wish is my command. I'll just get the community league review now. And we have Jeringon Breakers on top of the league as well. I believe they won the league last year as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they did win it last year as well. So 
I believe that they win it this year, they do go up to District League, which is what their goal is as well. So credit must go to them. But mind you, at the same time, they've got Paul Kemba Pumas only one point up behind as well. The only difference between the two is that Breakers have won seven and drawn one, while the Pumas have drawn a one seven, sorry, and lost one. So look, long way, plenty, plenty of games left to go as well. The two teams at the top have a game in hand over third and fourth. Also, they so they can stretch that gap even further now. Now, another question as well from Fletcher McFarlane. How big are Hamish Lambton's biceps? Well, I'll be honest with you, Fletcher. I didn't even know Hamish Lambton had biceps until now. So what a silly question that was. But the next one now, we've got asked for Illawarra District League review as well. So we'll get into We'll have a look at our District League, see how we're going at the moment as well. So Unidera Hearts are on top. 29 points with a game in hand over Shelcove and Helensburg, who have played 10, and they're both on 25 points. So a win from either Shelcove or Helensburg, which is, I'm pretty sure, the catch-up game. So a win from either side will push them within one point of Dera. University's in fourth. Oak Flats is rounding out the five on 19 points. They've got Fernhill on 17 points in six. Warilla in seventh on 16. And then there's a little bit of gap between the Thoreau Thunder on 12. Picton's ninth spot, nine points. Balgani's 10th spot on nine points. Berkeley Sports is 11th on six points. Now, we've also been asked for by a couple of people to speak a little bit about the Kaima Aquarius as well. They're struggling a bit at the moment in district. Like one point from 11 rounds, just one draw. But I must say, though, I have been to their ground recently, and their ground has significantly improved as well. Their ground's looking good. I actually don't mind how their ground's looking at the moment. So credit must go to the Kiama, I don't know, if, is it Kiama Council? The, the Kiama Club as well. I think it's the club as well. So credit must go to that club for keeping that ground in good nick. It's improved significantly since the last time I saw it before, before a few years ago as well. So well done to them. We will now... Despite this, though, we'll get into our round 12 preview now. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Fraternity Club of Ferry Meadow. You can get your best wood fire pizzas in the Illawarra here. Come on down, join us a member, grab a drink, have dinner, sit back and watch some football on the big screen. If you're having a function, be sure to get in contact with the frat as they have an extremely large function room upstairs in the club. The podcast is also brought to you by our sponsor, Ausbrokers City State Insurance Brokers. Contact them or see them at their office on Crown Street, just above Zambrero, for all your insurance needs. Both of our sponsors are fantastic supporters of football. Both are run by football people, so be sure to show some support. Boy, what a game this is. Blockbuster after blockbuster. Bullite against Wollongong Olympic, 2.30pm Saturday at Balls Paddock. Now... I'm saying blockbuster. If both sides are on, this game will be unreal. But unfortunately, right now, Bulldogs' inconsistency is a worry. Now, if you said at the start the Bulldogs would only win five out of their first 11 games, nobody would have believed you. But that's the case at the moment. If they do lose this weekend, though, they are in real danger of dropping as low as seventh. For Olympic, what do you do after backing up a game like that last week? And that, like, that, that game was mental. Well, look, if there's any squad you can answer it, it's probably Olympic, I think, personally. Olympic's just shown how good they can be in some games in particular this season. They turned they, they got a good result against Bulleye last time as well. Turned around a half-time deficit to win 2-1 at the PCYC. But I must say, both games between this, this season have been tight in the Frat Cup and in Round 1. They both have a bit of history each other as well, particularly at Balls Paddock. I remember 2017, Bulleye won the league the last game of the season, playing against Olympic, who was second. And then Olympic, to win the title a few years ago, won a Balls Paddock against 
Belay as well. My tip, though, I'm going to go 2-0 Olympic. And I'll throw him out of the match. Mark Every as well. We'll get a defender in there as well. I reckon he'll be integral in keeping a clean sheet. Him and O'Rourke at the back. Next one now, 2.30 p.m. Saturday at Cram Park. We've got Cringilla against Albion Park. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the first game this season where Cram Park hasn't hosted a Friday night game as well. So Saturday Arvo is interesting. An intriguing game, this one. Both sides going off encouraging results. Last weekend with Cringilla getting their draw, Albion Park getting their massive win. Cringilla had a torrid month. Let's face it, they had a torrid month the last month or so. They got a much-needed point on the board after that month. Is this something they can build on? It is something they can build on. Not convinced that they can build on it just yet. Obviously, they had some good results earlier in the season, but whether they haven't proven just yet that they can build on it, maybe this is the time they prove it, though, as well. So it'll be interesting to see if they can. Confidence, though, in that in that reverse fixture where Congilla got a point from Albion Park that... Look, they've caused some trouble for Albion Park in the recent past as well. So, look, let's see how we go personally. But, yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see this one. I can't see Albion Park losing after last week. But at the same time, Cringilla has caused a lot of trouble for Albion Park in the recent past. So, Albion Park, this time of the season, is it's kind of like party time for the White Eagles. Is it's with they turn they kind of flick the engine switch into party mode. This is where they usually start. They usually start flexing the guards midway through the season. The run to the end of the season is clear now. They say let's go. They usually this is usually when they find form. Is what I'm trying to say as well. So in English, this is when they usually find form around this time of the season after about the midway point. So Albion Park are only two points off second place Coniston as well. So. If results go their way, they could be as high as second. But is this the time where Albion Park show what they made of? I said it earlier in the year that was the time to show what they made of. I reckon they're going to show it now. Big big, big, big midweek win as well. 3-0 win over South Coast United midweek. Tips, I'm going 2-0 Albion Park with Minatello, man of the match, Julian Minatello. 2.30pm Saturday at Ocean Park. I've gone Winuna against Balambi. Crucial, crucial game this one. For both sides, Winuna have been stagnant for a while now, while Balambi came off their biggest win of the year last weekend. Who's the favourite? I don't know who's the favourite, in all honesty. Mind you, Balambi lost four beforehand. I'm pretty sure they lost four on the trot beforehand. But they did show signs as well. Winuna was expected to be higher than seventh, but that before before the last month, they were up there. They've just been stagnant big time the last month since their win against Allian Park. So, look... Don't know who the favourite is in this one, in all honesty. Maybe you say Winuna just because they won the league title, but at the same time, Balambi is the one coming off the big win last week, so maybe maybe you could swing towards them as well. It'd be hard to pick, but Balambi showed that last week they can score goals, which was a little cause for concern earlier in the year, whether the question whether they could score goals or not. Well, they showed they can score goals last week. So now, obviously earlier in the year, their defensive resilience was what got them through some games. But now they've shown both promise in attack and defence as well. So does is this where Balambi causes a bit of trouble for a couple of teams higher up? Quite possibly, yes. But will Winuna get their first win on the board in about six weeks? They need it. I don't know if they're going to get it, though, because Balambi has been so tough to play against recently. I've gone 2-2 based on Winuna's stagnant form and Balambi's strong win last week. I've gone man of the match, Grinham from Balambi as well. 
Next game is 2.30pm Saturday at Tarawana Oval. Now, this one will be interesting. Tarawana against Wollongong United. So, Tarawana have showed some very positive signs defensively over the past two weeks, in particular from the Blueies. But, yeah, you're going up against Wollongong United, who, attacking-wise, last week they scored four goals. Even though they lost, they still scored four goals as well. So, they've got an attack and a half. And, of course, they showed early in the year, Wollongong United were dominant in a 5-1 win in round one. So it'll be interesting to see, though, how Wollongong United bounce back from that defeat against Olympic. But can Tara cause some issues for United? So keep in mind, Olympic put five past United, and Olympic only put one past Tara a couple of weeks ago as well. Tara can cause some issues. It seems like they've found, they found the key to their defense a bit, sewing up the defense a bit. Obviously, they lost 4-3 to Albion Park. Since then, they've only conceded one goal in the two, last two games. And one of them, of in particular, defensively resilient against Olympics. So, potential to cause some issues, but I'm picking United to bounce back from their loss. I'm going 2-1 Wollongong United with man of the match. Can't go past Yamada, Mitsuo Yamada. He's been in superb form this season. Saturday night, though, we've got South Coast United against Paul Kembler, 7pm at Ian McLennan Park. So, a game where both sides were desperate for a result with neither side finding the back of the net last week. But Paul Kembler, is this their chance to sink into the five? I think it is. I think it is a golden chance for them to sneak into five. Obviously, coming against South Coast, who are struggling a little bit. And Bullock going against top-of-the-table Olympic, who, which is going to be a tough ask. No one's beaten Olympic yet. And look, they've got the goal difference over Winuna as well. So Paul Kembler, with a strong result here, could well see themselves in the five by the end, by 9 p.m. on Saturday. If, they can get a, if Paul Kembler can get a move on, get some get some extra wins on the board. That could be a team that causes a few issues come the end of the season. But for Jordan Nikolovsky, he hasn't scored in the last few weeks. He fired, though, in the reverse fixture in round one. Two quick goals in there 4-1 win over South Coast. Expecting to be a threat and possibly find the back of the net again this weekend. Maybe a crispy green or two. South Coast United, can they salvage something? They're going to have to put in a greedy, greedy performance like they did against Cringilla if they're going to find something from this game. Next one, final game of the round, Coromel against Coniston. Now, if I remember correctly, this one was the opening game of the season, which had plenty of goals in it, with Cono coming away with, a, I believe, it was a 3-2 Friday night win. Now, this one's even close to that. They were in for a show. Sunday specialists, Coromel. We touched on it last week. How many Sunday games have I got? I think it was 14 Sunday games or something crazy like that. Now, I haven't gotten the message yet. Does anyone know why Coromel plays so many Sunday games? Is it a coincidence? Did someone ask for it? Does someone have a vendetta against Coromel in the scheduling department? Is there a reason? I don't know. Somebody comment, messages, DM us, let us know. I want to know why Coromel plays so many Sunday games. But Coniston, my opinion, the story of the league so far. They've built a strong, youthful roster, brought in a couple of young, quality young players as well. Easily the surprise packet of the comp so far. Nobody outside the club, like I said, would have picked them to be second halfway through the season, despite them being my smoky to sneak into the five. I tell you what, they're not a smoky anymore. <laughs> Coral, now, this is probably the stat of the week, and I can't believe this. It's crazy. Oh, sorry, I'm not going to say I can't believe it because it has happened, but it is a mental stat this time. So, Coniston have not lost a game since round five, which was that 3 0 loss to Olympic. But in the last six, they've had five wins and a draw against United. They have kept in their, they have kept in their last six games five clean sheets. They've kept a clean sheet in every one of their last six wins, which is absolutely mental. They have the equal best defense in the league right now, 
only equal to, I think it's United or Olympic. I can't remember which one of the two. Let me just get the table up for a second. I'm pretty sure it's either United or Olympic. They are equal with, so United's conceded 10. No, sorry, it's Olympic who have conceded 10. And they both got the same goal difference. They both got identical goal difference, <laughs> identical for and against. Conceded 10, scored 27 for Coniston and Olympics. So they're dead even at the moment. The only thing separating right now is the wins column, the draws column, and the points column, which is four in it. But six clean sheets in their last six wins is ridiculous and it's fair play to Con- to Coniston seriously Kayano at the back in particular will be key to that Morlando at fullback has been superb and Dylan Pulowski is getting on the score sheet as well which is great to see and Ekwe Dalmeida sewing up the fullback position actually I'm not sure is he playing the fullback position now or is he pushed up a little bit higher at the pitch he was at fullback when he was at when he got on again for Olympic when he was there but at the same time, Coromel have t- tightened up their defence a bit as well. They've had 11 rounds to see how everyone goes, how everyone plays. Obviously, they had a disruption at the start of the year. Maybe this is the time they show something and maybe push the five. They're seven points off right now. So can they cause some trouble here? They can. But personally, I don't think they won't. I've gone 2-0 Coniston. And for me, the match, I can't go past Adam Volador at the moment. He has been superb for Coniston. And in every league game he's played, they have won. And I don't think they've considered a goal in every, any league game he's played either. So well done to them. So that is the podcast for the week. We got through another one again. I've been talking to a wall for about 35, 40 minutes. So I'll let everyone go before I go insane. Quick plug in as well. The Frats got the Euros starting tomorrow morning, Saturday, the 11th of July to the 11th of June. So be sure to check that out. Thanks for listening.